Welcome to the Pactum. This is Pat Abendroth. I'm with Mike Grimes. Episode 129, Suffering and the Sovereignty of God. First, let's remind people about conferencing, Mike. Yeah, conferencing. We've got the Pactum Conference coming up. October 6th and 7th here in Omaha, Nebraska at Omaha Bible Church. We'd love to see you there. You can go to thepactum.org, get signed up, get registered, $25. We would love to have you. Get a load of these sessions. Yes. All things new in Revelation 21.5. Mm. So that's going to be awesome. Yep. Uh, Machen and the Age to Come by Daryl Hart. Can't wait ooh, to geek good. out on some Machen history. That'll be great. Also, how about this? Daryl Hart. Tying into Machen, a history of social justice and overrealized eschatology. Ooh, that will be uh, I'm gonna, deluxe. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, and if you don't sure. know what that statement means, come, come to, to the, the conference. conference. Right? Yeah, come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we also have Logic of Two Ages, uh, the Logic of Two Ages by Michael Beck, the Myth of Future Justification, Mike Abendroth, the New Creation and Already Not Yet, Michael Beck. We are going to have a solid weekend. It's going to be amazing. In October I'm looking 2020. Three for sure, but because it is summertime, that's right, and we love us some summertime at the Pactum. Yep, we are doing some summertime specials. Summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, 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 summertime. And on today's summertime special, we are rerunning the episode on suffering and the sovereignty of God with special guest. Jenny Hare. And we're rerunning this special episode because we love Jenny Hare. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be let's just be clear about it. My wife and I had dinner this past week with Jenny and her husband Tim. So it's true. We do love Jenny yep. Hare. We love uh Tim too. We don't want to we we do. don't want to yes. slap Tim. <laughs> Jenny's story is important. That's yes. why we want you to listen. For it sure. is an important it is an important story, and that's because God is in fact sovereign. Mm-hmm. That means he's in charge, he's the king, he's all knowing, all wise, all powerful. And get this. He is sovereignly for his people, Hmm. regardless of appearances, regardless of immediate circumstances. We know that the Lord is loving his own and he loves them to the very end. And uh, we think you will be encouraged by Jenny's story as it is a story of embracing and experiencing and delighting in the sovereignty of God. Yeah, that's for sure. So enjoy your summer and enjoy this edition of the Pactum. Greetings and welcome to the Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth, and today we're going to be talking about the sovereignty of God as it relates to suffering. So that means we we are going to be talking about the fact that God works all things according to the counsel of his will. That's Ephesians 1.11. And by all things, it means all things. Joining me for the discussion is a special guest. But before I introduce her, I need to announce that we are going to Israel. The dates are February 21 to March 2nd, 2023. That would be the Pactum and No Compromise Radio together. Brothers Abendroth together. Mike Abendroth, Pat Abendroth, Omaha Bible Church, Bethlehem Bible Church. We've done this a bunch of times. We have a great time together. It's educational, it's motivational, it's inspirational, and all other kinds of Asianals that are good. So if you are interested, you can email us for information. It's info at 
omahabiblechurch.org. So info at omahabiblechurch.org, and uh, we'll send you some information. Our guest today is not only a friend of the Pactum, she is a personal friend, my wife Molly's good friend, as a matter of fact. She is someone I've known for over 20 years, whose wedding I officiated, and who I appreciate greatly. She's the mother of three, wife to Tim, a committed church member, an artist, and an art teacher. In addition, she is a cancer survivor. Our guest today is Jenny Hare. Hi, Jenny, and welcome to the Pactum. Thank you so much for having me. Let's begin by maybe taking a little mental stroll down memory lane. And uh, I'm thinking we probably met in 1998 or was it 99? Yep, 98. 98. And you were just finishing college? I was starting my student teaching. Okay. Okay. And where did you go to college? Northwest Missouri State University okay. in Maryville. And w- am I remembering correctly that you were driving a Chevy Chevette? Yes, it was light blue. <laughs> <laughs> So if you if you don't know what a Chevy Chevette is, because we have some younger listeners, Google you, it. you'll want to Google that, <laughs> and you'll know a whole lot more about our special guest, Jenny Oh, Hare it was today. a stick shift, too. I loved that car. No air conditioning, no radio. It was awesome. Perfect. You know what? My son, Josiah, who's 16, was complaining because the car he's driving doesn't have AC. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, I bought two brand new cars that didn't have AC. Right. So... Anyway, so when we met at the church, what brought you to the church? Well, at the time, uh, I was a fairly new believer, and I had been attending a church over the summer with my college roommates in Boise, Idaho, and okay. um, had just recently left the Catholic church pretty in maybe a year before or so. And in Idaho, I was going to a Bible teaching church that okay. taught from the Bible and verse by verse, um, expository preaching, and I loved it. And so I wanted to find a like-minded church, something cool, similar. Very cool. And um, at the time, a friend of mine said, well, he was attending um, Master Seminary, and he said, well, the, our pastor is from Master Seminary, so let's go down the list of graduates for Masters. I see. And Abe Droth was at the top of the list. Well, that's how it should be, right? With A for Abendroth. <laughs> there you go. So uh, it it was, I thought, well, let's just go check it out. And I came for the first time. And the first person that I saw when I walked in the door was Kristen Clausen. Seriously. Who was a childhood friend. I was going to say, you're not related, but you were close friends. We were both Catholic and we grew up in the same church and we went to the same private schools and our families were friends. And so we used to have lunch together after church on Sundays our two families. I had no idea. Yeah. And so I walked in the door and I was like, oh, oh, what are you doing here? Wow. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> now, was so, it a Sunday night? I can't it remember. Was, um, it you- was a Sunday night, I think. Yes. Because I was back on vacation for Thanksgiving break. Okay. Yeah. Because I knew you, you, you didn't stick around. Mm-hmm. You went back to school or Yep, I did. I went back to school until just for a couple months. I came back in January to start student teaching. Okay. I remember you, um, I sent you maybe with like a cassette tape from the tape library on baptism. Baptism. And I got baptized a couple weeks later in Maryville. I remember all of that like it was yesterday, but it was 1998. Yes. So what what happened in your life that drew you to Christ that made the change and you left the Catholic Church? Yeah. Well, um, a friend of mine uh, in college... Uh, she lived on my dorm floor, 
shared the gospel with me and she would just ask me questions. She was very good. She was a very good friend, but she was very good about asking good questions as a believer. Okay. And so she would ask me why I believed certain things. And she knew that I had a strong Catholic faith. And so she would ask me questions and I felt like I couldn't answer her questions very well, even though I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. Okay. And so I felt very inadequate. And so I would try to find the answers to the questions by asking my parents, by asking Mm -hmm. my youth group leader, who was a priest, and um, no one could give me straight answers. And I was very frustrated by that because I felt like, well, there should be answers to this. And why don't I know them? And why don't people that I think have a strong faith or the people who are leading me have the answers? And so, but she could open her Bible and show me. And so I thought, well, that's interesting that you just... You can show me. I can see what it says about it. That's a great story. So, I like it. Yeah, it made me intrigued. Um, she shared the gospel with me probably three or four times before um, before God really allowed me to understand it. Okay. Um, I The first couple of times I was kind of angry because it challenged my faith and it, I didn't like it. And I thought, well, I shouldn't have to answer these questions for you. And, but then I, had, I, I had the same kind of thing. It. I was junior yeah. varsity Catholic. I wasn't actually Catholic, <laughs> right. but it kind of made me mad. Like what in the mm-hmm. world? Uh-huh. Yeah. But I was so challenged and so, so bothered by the fact that I didn't know mm-hmm. that it pushed me to want to know. And so she gave me a Bible and she told me to read the gospel of John, which I did. And I had heard bits and pieces of John. I hadn't ever read the whole mm-hmm. thing. And I was really amazed at what I learned. And anyway, she, she told me about sin and she told me about, I, a lot of the things that we had talked about idolatry and, and why we would go through certain, you know, uh, sacraments and things like that. And, and it came down to it that I really understood that I really fell short of what God's expectations were Uh of me. And it burdened me to the point of just being to my, on my knees asking God to forgive me that I wasn't worthy. And even though I really was a good girl in in the sense that I tried to follow the rules and I, but it was, it was really exhausting to try to be good all the time and to kind of feel like I was good interesting, and burdened to the fact that I saw that I really wasn't. Uh That's such a good story. All these years later, it will always be a good story, right? Yes, God is good and God is kind. That's really really good. Well, when I think of Jenny Hare, I think encourager, I think grounded, I think woman who loves her family by God's grace, but I also think someone who has suffered a lot and I also think cancer survivor. So if you would share some of the story of your life as it would relate to suffering and cancer, I think mm-hmm. Pactum listeners could really benefit and find some encouragement from that even though there's a lot of hardship. So would you do that please? Absolutely. Uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 34 years old, and uh, I had little kids at the time. My daughter, she was seven years old. She was in first grade. I had two little boys who were five and three. Andrew wasn't even in kindergarten yet. He was I think I look up to both of them now, though. I know. They're so tall, for sure. <laughs> they're huge. Um, but yeah, they were so little back then, and I was home full-time, um, so I was at home with my boys and Kate went to school. Um, I had found a lump 
um, about a year prior to my diagnosis. And so I, I knew that something wasn't quite right, but I didn't think that it could happen to someone so young. And so I just kind of ignored it for a little while. I kept an eye on it, but it, I didn't think it was anything uh, that was really alarming. Um, at one point, I was talking to a friend about it, and she said, maybe you should just go get an ultrasound and see if it's anything, any problem. So I did, and I had a friend who was an ultrasound tech, and so I went in, and she did the the ultrasound for me. And I looked at the screen while she did it, and she said, you know, you have you have cysts and that's hereditary, no big deal. And so we, and we did a mammogram and, and it was clear and I didn't have anything that showed any kind of sign of cancer at that point. But the radiologist did call back a week later and said, well, there's something I just want to kind of keep an eye on, but it's fine. You look clear. I'm not worried about anything. Mm -hmm. And five months later, I had three tumors Oh and um, and lymph nodes. And what really alarmed me is I had a lump under my arm that um, was about the size of a grape. From one day, it was gone. The next day, it was there. Wow. It was really large, and it was alarming. And um, so I thought, well, now I need to go to my doctor because I don't know what that is. And so I made an appointment, and I thought that it was nothing. <laughs> so I was kind of joking with the doctor, and and he wasn't finding it very funny. <laughs> so uh, he sent me upstairs immediately and said, uh, you need to go get another test. So went to the test. The technician said, well, you don't have anything to be worried about unless the radiologist comes in the room. And then the radiologist came in the room. So oh, it was wow. one of those things that I was like, huh, I'm, I didn't really understand the gravity of what was going on at the time even. Um, I didn't even really realize at the time that it was serious until I got to the car and I repeated to my mom what the doctor had said to me. Okay. And she had said, you need to see a surgeon as soon as possible. The tumors that you have are probably malignant. And when I said those words out loud, I went, oh my goodness. Hmm. She said malignant. So three days later, we had an appointment with a surgeon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a biopsy. Uh, the biopsy came back and showed cancer. Okay. So 10 days later, I had surgery. It was very fast. Mm-hmm. So um, they didn't waste any time because what I had was fast growing. Okay. And it was aggressive. And um, clearly in the matter of three months, not showing up on mammogram and ultrasound and then having three tumors. I see. Within five months, it was very aggressive. So I had a bilateral mastectomy and lymph node involvement. Um, on April 28th of 2011. Mm-hmm. And so it's been 11 years. And since then, I've had 13 surgeries and uh, radiation, chemotherapy, and uh, lots of complications and infections along the way. Mm-hmm. So there have been a lot of things. It took me about two and a half years to get through from start to finish with the hard things. And then over the years, I continued to need surgeries and and other more things. hard things, more hard things. Yes. So my latest surgery was three years ago. Okay. So, and things are good now. Things or? are good now. Good. Yes. And even the side effects of some of the chemotherapy or the radiation treatments, uh, the radiation damaged my thyroid. So hmm. I was thinking that I might have thyroid cancer for a little while and they did tests and just found out it's not functioning at full, full throttle. So I have okay. to take medication for that. 
Um, there have been other things. I have lymphedema as a result of the lymph node involvement. Mm-hmm. So I ha- wear a sleeve on my arm for compression and, uh, and it's painful most of the year. Mm-hmm. I usually the very cold months, it doesn't bother me. Okay. So for about three months out of the year, I get some relief. Mm-hmm. And then during the warmer months, it's, um, it's achy or painful. And when I wear my sleeve, it feels better. So okay. I wear it. All day, every day. And the, the little kids just think it's a fashion statement. They think it's fantastic. And uh-huh. I don't, all the kids that I teach ask me, what is that on your arm? Because I have fun, colorful ones that I wear because R- sure. might as well. And uh, might as well embrace it if you can. And um, I, I explain just matter, matter of factly mm-hmm. and very briefly why I wear it. And they're like, oh, okay. But I always say, but I don't have cancer anymore. So... Good, it's good. It's all good. good. Well, a certain translation of Habakkuk 3.19 says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. And I love that translation. And uh, I know that you are a Calvinist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Code for we believe in the sovereignty of God. Yes. And I know the sovereign Lord is and has been your strength. Mm-hmm. If you would talk maybe a little bit about what that has looked like, mm-hmm. maybe when you learned that God is sovereign, how it helped you to know that mm-hmm. through the suffering, the mic is yours. But if you would talk a bit about what it means for God to cause all things to work together for good, mm-hmm. I think it might be encouraging. Well, when I received the diagnosis, that is one thing that came to mind right away, is that we know that God is in control of even cancer, Mm -hmm. and um, that we were about to suffer, Mm -hmm. and that we were about to suffer for for God's glory, and that he would not be apart from it. And so um, we knew that he doesn't just allow these things to happen by accident Mm -hmm. that um, we embrace the fact that God has a purpose in this and he's using us as an instrument for his glory in whatever that looks like. Even if it looks like pain and suffering on, on our behalf, we're going to embrace it as an opportunity to be an instrument of God for his glory. So um, I don't think that my cancer was an accident. I don't think that it was a result of um, of me not loving God enough or having enough faith or not praying hard enough or whatever. I, I saw it as an opportunity to proclaim him and do it boldly. And so um, my husband, Tim, and I both, we just embraced it. And you know, he will say, um, there's no one I'd rather suffer with. And uh, he's a good man, and I wouldn't want anybody well, well else by my Tim. side. Well yes. played, Tim. <laughs> so um, we just really trusted in God's word that he is in control of all things. And um, That didn't make it easy, though, did it? It didn't. Um, but, but it but did it give it me hope. Good. It did give good. me hope. And um, it didn't leave me in a place where I felt like um, I was going to be alone in it. So... Um, I would say sometimes people will tell me things like, wow, you're so strong. And um, my response to that is, no, I'm, I'm, I believe I can do hard things because I'm dependent. 
And um, because I trust that God is in control and sovereign over all things, then I will put my full dependence upon him. And um, and every day I will trust that his plan will be completely accomplished as he intends. So if that means that I have to um, go through lots of tests and um, that I have to be poked over and over again and have my veins blow up because they don't get the needle in the right spot or whatever. I'm going to be patient with the people that I meet. I'm going to show extra love and extra grace. Um, I'm going to engage where I can, and I'm going to talk boldly about the Lord. And, you know, the having that trust and that hope in him really gave me a boldness to share and proclaim him with everybody I met. May, so. <laughs> may your tribe increase, I think is the saying. So that's what I'll have to say to that. I love it. Um, I wish sometimes that having that kind of urgency and not knowing if things were going to go good mm-hmm. or bad and not knowing if I was going to be able to, you know, make it to see my kids grow older. I really didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me a boldness that I think that I wish I had all the time. Okay. That's good. I'm glad you're willing to say that. So for our listeners, maybe who are younger in the faith or who are younger in learning about theology, uh, what we're not saying uh, by God's sovereignty is that God causes bad things. Right. So the world is broken because of sin and this, the, the earth is cursed because of sin, our rebellion. That's why death happens. That's why suffering mm-hmm. happens. And so what we are saying, and Jenny is saying, and the Bible teaches that God is sovereign. He causes even the bad, broken things, even evil things. He's not the author of evil, but he causes those things because he is sovereign to work Mm -hmm. together for our good. And so please don't misunderstand Mm -hmm. as we're talking about this. We believe that God is good because the Bible teaches that. And he's powerful and he uses evil and a broken world to bring about the good in those he calls his own. And mm-hmm. so it's a bit, it's a mystery to us as to how it all works. Mm-hmm. And God uses secondary means uh, to accomplish good things. And so we're not saying God caused the, caused the cancer. Cancer is part of this broken world mm-hmm. and suffering is part of this broken world. But we can trust in a God who has overcome these things through his son, the Lord Jesus. We're guaranteed resurrection. We're guaranteed new life. We're all going to suffer and die somehow or another mm-hmm. if the Lord doesn't come back uh, soon. So I just want to make sure that people understand correctly what we're talking about here. Absolutely. Um, there's a great quotation from, by Jerry Bridges. I know you've heard it before, but I thought maybe our Pactum listeners might enjoy it. But he's written a helpful book called Trusting God, which is really a book about the sovereignty of God. And he says, if there is a single event in all of the universe that can occur outside of God's sovereign control, then we cannot trust him. His love may be infinite, but if his, if his power is limited and his purpose can be thwarted, we cannot trust him. It's provocative what Bridges says, mm-hmm. but the reality is uh, God was sovereign over the execution of his own son. We learned the book mm-hmm. of Acts. Uh, there are no stray molecules. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ephesians 1 said, and I referenced it earlier, he, he's causing all of the things uh, to work together. And so we praise him and thank him even amidst the, amidst the tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you say? The poking and the prodding and yeah. all Lots. of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make life easy, but it makes it easier. And I love what you said, Jenny, it gives us hope. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that somehow it's serving a greater purpose, even if we never find out what it is. Right. We don't know for sure. So even maybe circumstantially, just out of curiosity, do you, how do you think God prepared you to, to maybe be strong through these things? Uh, what, what, as you look back, maybe you have a clearer picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what had God done in your life? What did he do to maybe help you through these things in a way you wouldn't have succeeded otherwise? It's amazing to look back at that because he really did prepare me for it very, very well. Um, one of the things that I love to tell people is just a few months before my diagnosis, we had a women's retreat mm-hmm. and Cecilia Cannell was the speaker. A very sweet saint. Lovely woman, very dear friend. She came and spoke about um, trials mm-hmm. and how <laughs> absolutely timely uh, just a couple months before my diagnosis. And one of the things that really struck me about what she said, and I had recalled it even when we got the diagnosis that she said, be ready because you will suffer Hmm. in this life. God does not promise you that things are going to be always wonderful all the time. You're going to suffer. And when you are called to suffer, can you respond with yes, Lord? Okay. And so I remember that so boldly that when I, we got the diagnosis, somebody said, why you? I don't understand why you. And I said, why not me? I haven't done anything oh, wow. that deserves to have only blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remembered, I just recalled that and I thought, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to suffer. I I know what's ahead, that it is not going to be easy, and I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do for your glory. And so I have been able to tell Cecilia that story um, in recent years. Oh, and good. So, Special shout out to Cecilia. She's, she, she's a member of the Pactum Verse. She, she's a listener, so, so that I will hopefully encourage her. Very encouraged by her and um, just even loved being able to share that with her, how much it, that impacted me. But Pat, even your mom was a big influence to me. Now you're going to get me to cry. I know. Tear up. Because <laughs> she was an amazing person in my life, and I loved her very much. And in her last days, I remember going and sitting with her and um, just talking to her. And even the way that she was suffering for for God's glory and preparing herself, she had said to me, um, God will take me when it when it will give him the most glory. So she was, she was waiting for the day that he would call her home and she knew that it would be the perfect time. And so just even watching her suffer well was an encouragement to me to likewise suffer well. I think these are the first tears that have been shed on the pactum. So (laughs) (laughs) maybe it probably won't be the last time. So, but thanks for sharing Mm. that. I appreciate it. Uh, I was going to ask you, Jenny, if there were unhelpful things that people said to you, but I'm going to, I'm going to redact that and say, maybe are there things that you could encourage people to not say Hmm. to other people who have cancer because it's either not appropriate or it's not encouraging. It's not helpful, Mm -hmm. even though we want to give grace and people don't always know what to say, but is there some advice on things maybe that maybe we don't want to say to people? 
Well, um, gosh, Tim and I were so encouraged by the way people loved us and and stepped in to help us during that time. Um, after my surgeries, I was not able to do much of anything. I had, I couldn't lift things. I couldn't reach my arms up. Um, I had to be really careful, especially since my chemo started very quickly after my surgery. So I didn't have time to heal all the way before my body stopped the healing process. So it took extra long. Um, one of the things that we did not find helpful was when people would say, call me if you need something. Hmm. Um, because we saw other people just do it. Okay. Um, so that was really helpful for us in learning how we could serve others better is that um, instead of calling and saying, you know, is there anything you need? Because it's really hard to tell people what you need, even though we had to learn how to do that. Okay. And we were encouraged by um, some leaders in the church to say something specific. If somebody asks that question okay. to give an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really hard for us because sometimes we felt like we were putting people out and we didn't want to um, say, yeah, give us, give us dinner. You know, we just felt like <laughs> we were asking for things that we, we thought, well, we can just, we we're fine. We're fine. We can take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember Chris Peterson telling me, don't steal others opportunities to serve God by not giving them an answer. I see. And okay. so um, I think sometimes if people would ask that we were hesitant to give an answer, <laughs> we really did try to learn how to do that. But, um, but the people who would just show up uh-huh. and, have something helpful in hand Okay. Um, made it easier on us not to have to ask. Okay. So I think in, in turn, I would rather just call and say, I'm bringing you a meal instead of what, what day would be a good day for <laughs> yes. me to bring the meal I'm bringing. Exactly. Okay. Or, um, and I've even had people, you know, reach out to me and say, you know, what would be helpful that you found helpful that I could give, to somebody else and I could give some answers, but, um, that would be one thing that as you're learning to help other people who are suffering, um, maybe ask advice of somebody who's gone through something similar, ask them what they found to be helpful and then do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. So let's think in terms of you are already knew something about the sovereignty of God and that God is good and God is for you. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to somehow be for your benefit and your guaranteed resurrection, no matter what mm-hmm. you're guaranteed ultimate healing, no matter what. So you, you knew all those things ahead of time. Encourage our listeners with how important it is to know that stuff ahead of time, mm-hmm. as opposed to not that it's wrong to learn it on the fly. Right. But can you talk about that a little bit about why mm-hmm. it's important to invest in having yeah. good theology now when you're not in the midst of it? God is so good about helping you recall things mm-hmm. when you have read about them before. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was really grounded in the word um, prior to my diagnosis. And I'm so thankful for that because there were times that I didn't know how to pray. And there were times I didn't know what to say or what to feel, or my emotions would be really heavy and I'd be crying for 
days and didn't know how to stop it. Mm -hmm. And not because I didn't have hope, but because it was truly hard. Mm -hmm. And um, there were times that I would wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to get back to sleep because I was on steroids and different medications that it was just really hard to sleep sometimes, or my emotions would be um, really heavy. And, and I would wake up and walk downstairs and just open the word and know that God would encourage me. Mm-hmm. But um, having known the word prior, I, I knew the right places to go to be encouraged. Okay, And so I could read through Psalms. Mm-hmm. And I could see that other people have suffered before me mm-hmm. and other people have cried out to God before, before my crying out to God and that, um, and that God was just faithful. Okay. And I could see that throughout, um, throughout the word and just going back to those things and, and being reminded of the truths I already knew. Mm-hmm. I've read Ephesians over and over again. I've read Peter, First Peter. I've read James over and over again. But going and just being refreshed with those things, it was just an encouragement to my heart to read his word over and over. And um, I don't think that you can be prepared enough for, for a time of suffering. So just you don't know when it's coming. Right. You, you don't know what kind of suffering you're going to have to endure so we have to just be in the word, not for um, only the preparation for suffering, but just because we need to know who God is, what his character is, um, why we can trust him and where our hope lies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have that eternal mindset so that we're always striving for our time in eternity with him, Good. even yeah. if it's not suffering right now. And I want to, I mean, this might not be right, but my philosophy is I want to do all I can as a pastor to teach you that God is sovereign. So I don't even have to say it mm-hmm. in the hospital, yeah. <laughs> right? I want you to so know the truth of Romans eight twenty eight that it doesn't have to sound cheesy. I'm not even going to mention mm-hmm. it in the midst of the hardship. Maybe mm-hmm. it's good to mention it, but I just mm-hmm. want you to already own it yeah, because it's probably going to be better that way. And anytime I can just recall some of the truths that I have learned from other people along the way, I remember my dear friend, Carol Barber, I'll give you a shout out, uh, talking about Psalm 103. And that stuck with me as I was going through the start of my cancer journey, mm-hmm. um, because I went back oh, we, and reflected on that. We don't say, we don't say that. journey on the pack. Oh, journey. But you know what? You you can, because we're talking about your cancer. <laughs> my cancer. What we can, story? We can call it your journey. <laughs> we just like to make fun of silly named churches and it things is, like that. I know. So. <laughs> it is kind of hard to describe it. Um, and but... if we weren't such good friends, I wouldn't have called you out for it. <laughs> To be honest, I feel cheesy even saying it, but I don't know how else to describe it. But um, (laughs) Psalm 103 was, I just, it really stuck with me after um, talking about it prior to cancer and then going back and rereading it, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of became my, my 
cornerstone of of a verse or of a chapter to rest on when I needed to meditate on something, when I would have to get my brain to stop whining and complaining about how much it hurts or how much it's hard, that I would have to go back and remind myself of the verses that talk about, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And it goes on to talk about how he has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west, and that he has that he crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies us so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. He it the whole that whole chapter just reminds me about how awesome God is as a redeemer. And that why I should bless his name even when I'm suffering. And if I can't think of one benefit, then I just have to keep reading. I love that you've brought this up. Everybody needs to have their Psalm 103, even if it may be Psalm 103 or maybe another text, but it's so good. That's great advice. You have to be able to, to train your brain to turn off the emotional side of you that has a hard time, Hmm. that's struggling and rest upon the truths that are foundational to show us that God is in control, that mm-hmm. he's sovereign, mm-hmm. and that he is going to care for us like no other. Makes me smile. It's wonderful. <laughs> Super great, great advice. Rumor has it that you have a playlist. What does that even mean? Oh, yeah. Well, um, like I said, sometimes I didn't know how to pray. Sometimes I didn't know how to react to certain things or that my emotions would be getting the best of me. So I had a playlist of songs that were grounded in the truth. Okay. And so it was a lot of songs that we would sing at church during our worship time, but it was songs that really affected me personally or songs that I felt like were almost prayers as I could sing them. Okay. And um, Psalm 103 was one that was set to music. And so I would listen to my music playlist constantly. It just was on all day long Mm -hmm. to try to get my mind to think on things above instead of really good, instead of getting, feeling sorry for myself. So every, there are even songs that I can remember that I would play at certain times. Like if I was going to a brain scan, I would turn the song on. I needed this song. So um, sometimes the music just would help me to think about the truths of God. Okay. And a lot of them were based on Psalms or, mm-hmm. or other parts of scripture. So it would even direct me back to the word that I knew. Beautiful. That That's good. That's great so, advice too, awesome. for people to know that by way of example. But don't pick the fluffy, you know, stuff that talks about me, 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 that yeah. kind of stuff. I tend to hear more of that stuff on the Christian radio these days than... Okay. Yeah, I'm careful about what I choose uh-huh. for my playlist. Oh, good. I like it. I really like it. Any other words of encouragement you want to share? Anything else you want to say on the factum? You know, um, my kind of heart is different than somebody else's kind of heart. Mm-hmm. doesn't make mine more hard than someone else's. Um, it's hard to compare people's suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, even talking to other people who've been through cancer, their story is always different than mine. Mm-hmm. And so um, somebody may be going through a hard time, complete, maybe not even cancer, but it might might be something else 
in their life that is extremely difficult. Um, but sometimes, ooh, this will go back to what not to say to somebody. Okay. Um, sometimes people would tell me, you know, in our conversation, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And I would say, oh, no, things are good. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Mm-hmm. Well, things are kind of hard right now, but it's not like you're kind of hard. It's not like cancer, okay. you know, but let's not compare. Okay. If you're going through a hard thing and you're suffering through something else, it might be different than mine, but we don't have to compare our okay. hearts together. That's good. You heard that from Miss Jenny, as her students like to call her. <laughs> and Miss Jenny has good advice. So make sure that you packed and listeners are listening to Miss Jenny. I'm so glad you came in to do this. I just am really appreciative of the of the podcast. I love listening okay, to you, you and to say. Mike. And um, it's, it's an encouragement to uh, just be able to share a little bit about what God has done and see how he has worked through something hard and here I am on the other side of it 11 years later, cancer free and, uh, and still wanting to serve and love him. Amen. And you're smiling about it. It's wonderful. It makes me smile. If you want to get in touch with Jenny, you can find her website and her website is called heart and soul art heart and soul art She's on Instagram, heart soul art studio and on Facebook at heart and soul art studio. She'd love to hear from you. You can check out the things she's doing and see the amazing art that her students produce. If you want to connect with us on the Pactum, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, or you can email us. Our email address is connect at thepactum.org. Help us to help others by writing a review and giving us five stars. It does help us to reach other people. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you next time on the Pactum.